the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled The Healer. We'll bring you the first portion of this broadcast now. And remember, you can always go to reachingyourheart.com at any time to listen to any of these broadcasts in their entirety. Just look for the broadcast schedule. They're on the main page. You can download a copy to your personal library or listen right there in on-demand audio format from the website. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with the healer. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Dear Heavenly Father, where would we be without the cross of Christ? Oh Lord, where would we be without the atonement for our sins? And where would we be without the one who hung on that cross for us? Lord, there are people here today who have come and they need healing in their lives. And I can't heal preacher, the teachers, and others here can't heal. The only one who can is Jesus Christ. And Father, there's no place in the Christian life for a believer to be a victim. So I pray, O oh Lord, that you would remove this kind of attitude from anyone here who needs the living Christ. Lord, healed people are not victims. They're healed and give us the victory of Jesus, the strength of Jesus, I pray in his name. Amen. You know, it's not enough to know Jesus as a teacher. If you really want to know Jesus, you must meet him as the healer. Jesus' ministry had more to do with healing than teaching. It's a fact. You read the New Testament, it's obvious. He spent most of his time touching people, placing his hand on blind eyes speaking the right word that freed a soul from satanic oppression, the teacher was first a healer. And that is the fundamental truth that is garnered from the evidence of the New Testament narrative. The healer of the body he was, the healer of the mind, the healer of the emotions, and most of all, the healer of the soul that needs God. Jesus healed. Christ came to this world to heal people who need it. If you were baptized or you've been baptized and you became a Christian, you don't think you need healing, you've got a problem. Because the healing work of Christ, be it true, He heals you at baptism. He continues to heal you afterwards. The great physician was the great healer. And through His healing, He taught us the truth that God is the one who sent Him to heal. God is the source of healing. Friend, Sin is more than just an influence in your life. Sin is a disease and a power that infects your life. It started with the germ of pride and vanity in the life of Lucifer and it spread like cancer in its many forms into angels who fell from the Lord and shortly after our world fell from the Lord. And every human being here is sick with sin. I mean, we could play games with religion, but we are not going to do it today. Everyone here has been infected with a virus that is extraterrestrial in origin. And that extraterrestrial virus has transformed the human landscape. We have all been affected by sin. 
And every human being suffers sickness because of sin. Every human being suffers in some capacity because of sin. And every moral failing, every failure to rise to God's greatness is because of sin. Sin sick souls need a sinless healer. They need someone who is not sin sick to heal the soul from sin. In Exodus 15:26 God identifies the healer saying, "If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give heed to his commandments and keep all his statutes." He says, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I put upon the Egyptians. And then this magnificent statement, for I am the Lord, your healer. You know, one of the greatest promises given in ancient Israel was the promise of freedom that comes when God removes sickness from His people. I don't want to be sick. How many of you want to be sick? No amens to that, right? I mean, I don't want to be sick and I don't want to see anyone else sick. God doesn't want His people sick either. Now notice this passage here. Obedience to God's laws and His Word is the condition for receiving healing. It's very clear. So if you keep God's law, God will heal you. It's kind of clear there too. But there's only one problem with this prescription. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Is that not true? Now that does not mean that we should deliberately sin. It does not mean that we should plan to sin or to make it okay to sin. No, but if we face the fact of the mirror, every one of us has. All of us has broken God's law at some point in our life, and that means we ultimately failed to fulfill the conditions here outlined fully and to fully qualify for this condition of healing. That's why the Bible ends by saying, I am the Lord, your healer. We can't heal ourselves. The Bible teaches the principle of cause and effect. What a man sows, he reaps. And so if you have a willful disregard for God's health principles, for His law, in time you'll reap the consequences of that. But because others have sinned and you're in the great stream of sin, the fact is you reap the consequences of your parents' sins and of other sins that came before you. We are in a great chain of circumstances. Exodus 23:25. You shall serve the Lord your God. And I will bless your bread and your water. Now that sounds good. I like my bread being blessed. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. But I ask you the question today, how do you serve God after you let God down? Is that a salient question? How do you serve God when you have disobeyed Him? You have broken His laws and the effects of your sin weighs heavy in your life. After you have repented, you feel it. How do you serve God? How do you meet the condition for healing when your life is messed up? And maybe it was messed up by others. Maybe your parents messed your life up. Maybe it was messed up by your own choices, but it's messed up. And you can't fix the stuff that got you into the mess. What do you do? If you obey God's laws that are moral, spiritual, emotional, and physical, you shouldn't get sick, right? Am I right? But what about people who are born sick? What happens when sickness seeks you out and you did everything you could to avoid it and you find you have a genetic flaw that sets you up for sickness? What happens when you're the blind man that was born blind or the person who was injured by another and wounded into sickness? And so sickness for you is an injury. What happens when your illness is part of the general mess of the human condition and you can't trace a cause and effect relationship but you're sick anyway? Is that the world we live in? Okay, I think it is. 
Friend, there are all kinds of sicknesses in the world. The kind you cause, the kind that you were born with, the kind that other people give you, the kind that happens because you disobey God, and the kind that happens when you're hurt, and the kind that comes from evil because evil hates you and evil can hurt you. People get sick because of these things. You know, this business of healing is not a simple magic trick that you see worked out on a television by a fake Christian evangelist and healer who doesn't heal anyone at all. That's not what Christian healing is. Friend, healing in the Bible is not a tonic for the chronic. It's a person for the perplexed. Healing is not a remedy for the run down. It's the one who is the remedy for those who have been run out of hope. Healing is not a prescription for the infection. Friend, healing is a great physician who removes the infection. Healing is not the work of men, but the work of God. Healing is not some positive attitude. It is, in fact, that which comes from gratitude because it is found in God. Healing is not from them, but from Him, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in someone's life. And for the future, when life is done, the Spirit that hovers over the grave that will make it live again through the Word of Christ. Healing is in Him. God is our healer. In Exodus 15, 26, God says without apology, with power and authority, I am your healer. The great I am God who spoke to Moses at the burning bush, I am that I am. I am your healer. In the New Testament, the I am your healer God, the God of the Old Testament appears upon the scene of human history in Jesus as Jesus, the gentle healer from Galilee. The one who claimed to be the healer as a human being at last is the Savior of the world. In the Bible, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, but he grew up north of Samaria and Galilee. And where the worst kind of people lived in his day, that's where he went to heal. Christ grew up in the Bronx in the ghetto where social diseases are commonplace and complex, where people get sick because they deserve to get sick and others get sick because they don't. And so he lived in a real place, not an artificial environment. Christ brought His special kind of healing to the Bronx and the ghetto of Galilee. And Christ healed the very place that everyone else avoided in the first place. Friend, this was to fulfill the ancient prophecy that light would shine in the land of darkness. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. The Bible, extremely clear here, it says, but there will be no gloom for her that was in anguish. In the former time, He brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, He will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light shined. Friend, God is in the business of taking the wonderful love of truth and not just human truth, not human truth at all. Taking God's truth, which can heal, and putting that truth in the darkest spot on planet Earth, illuminating the darkness with the love of God. Christ came to the darkness of the land of Galilee to bring the light of God. And this is the context for the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Galilee as the gentle healer. The light that shines in the darkness is the light that heals the darkness of Shadowland. I am your healer, says the Lord. We had a beautiful scripture reading this morning. Can I hear an amen to that? 
and I think the passage was God's choice for our scripture reading. Matthew 4, 23 and 24, I'll focus on this morning. The Bible says, And he went about all Galilee, teaching their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, and demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. The context indicates that Jesus healed them all. Now, the list of illnesses here represents the totality of human needs and the greatness and effectiveness of Jesus Christ to meet every need and to heal disease in every place. You may be sick physically or sick spiritually or both. Dear heart, Jesus is your healer. You may have been diagnosed with an incurable illness of heart, body, and soul. Jesus is your cure. You may be facing death soon, and you may die. Christ is the resurrection, the life. Friend, if you come to Jesus and you surrender to Him, there are conditions to receiving life. Surrender to Him. He will heal you. Period. He will heal you. Period. No more commentary needed. He will heal you in just the right way in just the right time for you to live forever with Him. You know, the word Savior in the New Testament means a healer, a physician. That ancient Greek word soter is used for a medical physician. Christ is your Savior. He is your healer. Who wants to go to a doctor who can't heal? Anybody here? I went to a dentist once who almost killed me, put me in the hospital with sepsis. Who wants to go to a doctor like that? If you want to avoid this dentist, I'll be happy to give you his name in private, okay? I don't mind doing that after everything I've been through. It was a three-year journey to get well after he messed me up. God healed me. Friend, what good is being a Christian if Christ doesn't heal you? Is it any good? Who would trust their life to a medical expert who made things worse instead of making them better? Would you go to a doctor like that? And who would want to follow a doctor who got you more sick instead of well? In other words, just made it worse. In Matthew 4.23, the first fact of Jesus' ministry emerges in the text. The text says, And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease. A threefold ministry in Jesus' life is here outlined. Threefold, very clear. Teaching, preaching, and healing healing. And all three of these words are action words in the Greek. The grammarian will call them verbs. No static words here for the Savior. Active words. In the Greek language, they are a present active participle, each one of them. They describe ongoing action that is persistent and continual. He continually taught. He continually preached. He continually healed. He didn't just make it a single event. It was a course of action for him. The purpose and outcome of his life the verse is introduced by the simple statement, and he went about all Galilee. Christ didn't wait for people to come to him. Christ went to where the people were. Christ didn't ask people to come to church. He took the church to them because he had no church. He was a pastor without a parish. His parish was the world. And wherever there was illness, that is the place where Jesus went, and he healed every disease. This morning I'd like to focus on the expression, every disease. 
If you get nothing else from this sermon this morning, please leave here knowing that Jesus can heal every disease. You know, what is the scope and ability of Jesus as our healer? How good a healer is He? Matthew records that He healed every disease. You know, the first word used for disease is nosos in the Greek and describes a malady. The malady can be a physical disease or a spiritual disease. And this word in the Greek describes the kind of disease in the Greek culture that made you socially inferior. Now, we have a disease like that today. It's called AIDS, right? Is AIDS a disease like that? Sure it is. I baptized a man once who had AIDS, and I had the privilege of burying him in Christ. Why is that a privilege? Because he will be resurrected at the end of the age in Christ. That's why. And I had no problem shaking that man's hand. Because Christ died for the man behind the hand. You know, this word was used to describe a plague or calamity. That's what nosos means. That can get out of control, that needs a cure. You know, this word describes the kind of disease that can spread unless it's checked. And so Christ enters the human sphere to stop the plague and to end the calamity. He's the cure. It doesn't matter whether it's spiritual or physical. Jesus healed every disease that can plague you in life. One cure for every problem. Hear me. One cure for every problem. Jesus. Jesus. Some people say, well, Pastor Mike, isn't that a little simple? No. That's profound. It's difficult. It comes face to face with pride and it lays it in the dust. It will not allow a secular mind to be unhumbled. It must surrender to the truth that Christ is the cure. The Bible says He healed every disease, nosos in the Greek, and every infirmity. Now the Greek word for infirmity is malachia, and this word describes a weakness or debility. It's a broad word that can describe a weakness of the heart and the emotions as well as the body. For the weak, the cure is strength. For the immobile, the cure is to receive energy, to move. For the person well trained in failure, the answer to failure is the lesson of success. Friend, Jesus came to heal the weak. The weak often masquerade as the strong. Am I right? Yeah, they often masquerade. We call that projection. But the weak people in life, they don't need a lecture about what they should do. They don't need someone giving them another list of rules. They need good news. The weak people simply need the strength to do what they should do. Weakness is itself an illness. Dear heart, it is not God's plan for you to be weak. I'm pausing because there needs to be an amen to that. Philippians 4.13, Paul writes, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, there's a place for rest in the Christian life, but there's no place for burnout. Because God has not called you to weakness, but to strength. In verse 23, the Bible says, So his fame spread in all Syria. The word Syria is found for the very first time in Judges 10.16. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve Him. Isn't that a pretty tragic statement in the Bible? Pretty bad. Notice that this happened very clearly in the context 
by the association of the gods of Syria. Syria is famous for idolatry in the Bible. It's the place where people throw out God and find other gods to take his place. Maybe Syria is your neighborhood. Maybe Syria at times can be the church. Christ's fame spread not in the land of Judah where all the churches were. His fame spread in the land of Syria where there wasn't much influence like this, where the synagogues were there, but evil was more general. Jesus' fame spread to the north where all the unbelievers lived. Christ actively engaged the land of evil with healing power. You know, what should church be about here? I'll tell you something. This church needs to be a place where an unbeliever can come through our doors. And that unbeliever can find love, acceptance, but the truth as well. Where compromise does not muddy the environment whereby they can perceive biblical truth, but where love and acceptance is the general atmosphere that makes it possible for them to hear. Matthew 4.24, So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he, it says he healed them. The text in the Greek would indicate he healed them all. That would be the syntactical sense. The text says they brought him all the sick. So contextually, he healed all that came. Now the word for sick is kakos in Greek. It's a word that describes the experience of harm. Hurt people are harmed people. And if they didn't get healed up, they end up hurting others. That's what I have found. Hurting people in time are very good at hurting others. The victim himself becomes the monster and the predator. If the victim cannot defeat the victim complex. Did you hear me? If you have a victim complex then in time you become the predator. You become the very one that hurts others. Because you are not free to be a healer. You're not free to love the lost unless you believe that love has found you first. So they brought him the hurting people. The hurting people came to Jesus. The church is the place in the plan of God where hurting people can be healed from a victim complex. Isaiah 36 says, the Lord will bind up the hurt of his people. I mean, if you are talking about the harms and hurts that others have inflicted on you to an extraordinary degree, it's one thing to lift it in prayer of the Lord, to confess it, to seek God's grace. That's fine. But if you are rehearsing that in your interaction with others and with yourself, you have a victim complex. Friend, Christ is the healer of every pain that causes harm. Every hurt and every alarm. Hurt and harm people are often hurt by others first. So you may not be guilty for that which hurts you, but you can become guilty for allowing it to create in you a victim complex. Christ will not break the weak soul that comes to Him to be healed from any form of hurt. Isaiah 42.3, A bruised reed He will not break, and a dimly burning wick He will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. You know, the next category of illness is described as various kinds of diseases. You know, sometimes a person is sick, and the sick is not just one thing. The sickness actually is a lot of things. You ever had multiple complications in your illnesses? Interactive diseases and disorders? Uh, sometimes many illnesses interact to create a complex condition too difficult to isolate as any one thing. Christ came to heal these kind of complicated problems in your life. 
the complicated things that get out of control and proliferate. You don't have to know the diagnosis to be healed, thank goodness. You don't have to have some psychoanalytic center just like you figure it out. You need Jesus to heal you. That's what you need. Freud never healed anyone. And I've read the writings of Sigmund Freud. He died a miserable man. He should have been in a penitentiary for what he did, in fact, in his private life. He is not the template for healing in the modern world. Friend, Christ knows what's inside the secret part of the soul. You don't need someone under the control of the enemy to figure it out and to tell you what the devil thinks. You need Jesus. You need the Christ of the heart to transform that darkness within. You need the healer. The next category is called pains in my Bible translation. I've had pain in my life. Maybe you have too. The Greek word for pain here is basanos. Basanos is a Greek word that means severe pain. It means torment and torture. The Greek word comes from a word that means to test. It was used to describe the rack that was utilized for torture. In Revelation 9.5, we have an example of the usage of this word. Just pop over with me. It says, they were allowed to torture them. Here are these mean locusts in the book of Revelation. To torture them for five months. That's the word basanos. But not to kill them. And their torture was like the torture of a scorpion when it stings a man. Well, thanks for listening today to the first portion of The Healer. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Please join us again tomorrow as we conclude this message. You can always go online as well to reachingyourheart.com to find out more. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area and are looking for a church home, or if you're passing through, please stop by the worship service this Saturday at 11 o'clock. The new address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That again is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. For more information, you can stop by the website. Thanks for listening. As always, we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.